Hey there, welcome to the Sasha Sterling podcast, exploring all that is sacred. So glad you're here. Let's jump in. Welcome back. And today I have the honor of connecting with Stacy Middlebrooks. Hey, Stacy. Hello, Sasha. Hello. So if you're meeting Stacy for the first time, she is an incredible woman, beautiful goddess, um, founder of Purpose Powered Coaching and Consulting, where she helps you free yourself from inner chaos, activate your purpose and reclaim your power. She's also a published author and so many amazing other things. And I know we'll get to dive into some of it today. So hey, Stacy. Hello, hello, hello. So glad to be here with you. Oh, so glad. And what would you like to add to your introduction there? Anything personal that you want people to know about you? Yeah, I always love to add like the humanity to bios and stuff because we can read things like, well, who is that chick though? Like, who is she? <laughs> so I, um, what I will add is that I, I am a wife. I am a bonus mom. I am a teacher, a mentor, a facilitator, a guide, a coach. And I love really, really working with way showers. So I, I specialize in working with women way showers and helping them ignite their passion and just really become free because the whole point and mission of my, well, one of the missions of my work is really about um, helping these women create a life that is beyond their dreams, like just beyond. Because these way shower women, whether they know they're way showers or not yet, they are here to amplify their impact in the world. They are here to do big things in this world and help us transform it. So they get to ignite their passion and they get to align some action with that passion to move it forward. And that is like one of the biggest joys of my life is watching that happen with women and watching them come online and go out in the world and do it, whatever it is, do it. Oh my gosh. I'm covered in goosebumps. Head to toe. <laughs> I'm a way shower. You're a way yes, shower. Yes, you are. <laughs> you're my guess is you're a way shower. I love that languaging. I've not heard that before. And I'm curious what, you know, what trends you see in supporting way showers. I know for myself, like sometimes I can feel lost, like, and then the self-doubt comes in and, but it's like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm creating the trail. I'm, I'm just like, I'm not lost. Right. I'm out front in this. And oh, you nailed it. Yeah. Right? That, so what, That's a big trend for sure. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what you said. And a lot of the women I work with and who are drawn to work with me, they're very heady. Like they get in their heads about what it's supposed to be like and all of that and going, there is no blueprint. Because you are called here to create it. You are the way shower. You are the path maker. You are the change maker. It's you. So it gets to be whatever you birth from your creativity. It doesn't have to be a certain way. And so releasing a lot of that has been a, a big theme. I think one of the other things too is you talked about the self-doubt that creeps in. Yeah. Um, is helping them move from self-doubt to full self-trust. And I know this journey well, Woo, way too well. <laughs> and of course, there's going to be self-doubt because what has been modeled for you that you're here to create? Nothing. It's you. You are the medicine. You are the gift. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, we start to doubt and go, should I really be doing that? I don't know about this. I don't know. And the reality is it's yes. It's always yes. If it is a burning desire that's in your heart, in your soul, calling you forward, that's a yes. It's a yes. So there's that transition, transformation from self-doubt to self-trust and going, there will be moments where I don't know, and that's okay. I'm supposed to not know because it hasn't been created yet. So I get to go inward because my inner wisdom will know. It will tell me and guide me, right? But we get to get out of our heads and stop. Like if we need to stop the world for a moment, like stop so that we can hear it and feel it and sense it. And then I think the last thing I see a lot is the fear of being visible. Mm. Not when we're well-prepared, like the way showers put us out there. We're ready to be out front when we feel well-prepared and we know exactly what we're there to do, right? Yeah. But when we're not sure of it or everything isn't clear or we don't have it all mapped out yet or oh, we haven't called it all the support we need. There's the fear of being visible because as some of my friends would say, can't be out there looking raggedy. Yeah. If you're out there looking raggedy, who's going to want to come and work with you or believe in you? And the reality is you're never going to be out there looking raggedy, air quotes. You get to be just where you are and who you are at that moment. There is a woman whose light you are ready to help turn up just as you are. Yeah, just as you are. And so that whole like getting out of the head shows up again. Like, oh, we don't have to fear being visible. We have to fear being unvisible and staying hidden. That's the fear. Um, or or what what we can fear. But yeah, those are some trends that come up and some themes that that I see a lot with way shower women. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I can relate completely to that. Like gosh, the amount of fear I had around being visible, the getting ready to get ready and just, gosh, debilitating fear. And then I was at an event and a woman who had created like just the dream impact, you know, I was like, oh my God, I want to be just like her, you know, me, but her. Um, And she said, she shared that to the third grader, fourth grader is king. Bam. Right. And it, it literally changed everything for me. And I went home like, okay, I don't need to try to be, you know, a fourth grader trying to speak to the fifth graders or 12th graders. Like, let me turn around metaphorically and just be authentic and trust that there are some third graders out there who I can support and who want my support. And it really, really changed the game for me. Absolutely. I still relate to that. I remember when we first started like working closely together, you shared that in a call. And I was like, what? Yes, of course. Of course. I don't have to wait until I have it all until I'm, you know, eighth grade senior. Mm -hmm. Like there are people who need what I have right now. And I get to grow with them and they get to grow with me. Like it's beautiful to grow together. And it doesn't always have to be like a power dynamic of, oh, I know more than you. So I'm here to teach you. Like, hey, listen, there's some stuff I can teach you, but I know for sure there's some stuff you could teach me too. And we get to grow together. We get to be in this power partnership together. And that, for me anyway, takes a lot of the pressure off. Uh, There are some power partners out there who want to be in this space with me. And I don't have to lead it in the way that I've been programmed or conditioned I have to lead it. I lead it from my authenticity. I lead it from my own sense of wisdom and inner power. That's where I lead it from. Oh, 
Okay, that feels good. And then you take those, what I call courage cues, every time they come up and you feel the resistance, like, oh, that's a courage cue. I get to step in. I get to, you know, core coming from the heart. I get to come from the heart in my courageous way and be that fourth grader to the third grader. This isn't so hard. Who said it had to be hard? Ah, okay. I got it. You can go. You can go. So about this well-prepared piece, because I really relate to this. I spent a lot of time um, for my 20s, for sure, and into my 30s a little bit, um, really trying to outrun my past shame, overcompensate, and being visible. It was like best foot forward, didn't want anyone to know the, you know, the those old things. And then... Yeah. Five years ago, my father committed suicide and I was at the height of my, I I had put all the chips in. I was leading the events and I had retired my husband and I would, you know, do, I was all in and it was the most, it felt so humiliating. It was felt mm-hmm. so exposing and I tried to keep going. And I just couldn't. And I know before we we were doing a personal catch up and I said, yeah, I'm really coming out of a long series of ego deaths. And they were mm-hmm. a lot more. They were there was a lot more of them that I would have wanted. And it took a lot longer than I would have thought to really work those layers of healing. And I authentically can say for the first time in my adult life, I am integrated and have total peace and trust and know that there is I don't need to you know, I've really worked through it. And so I'm so excited to be at the step of wanting to be visible again with that self-trust and and the self-acceptance piece. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we all have our own journeys to this mm-hmm. radical, revolutionary, empowered woman thing that I think continues to go. I don't presume to have it all nailed, right? I'm going to continue <laughs> to grow and evolve. And I've made some big progress and I'm really proud of myself. And so I'm curious do you have a story or wisdom around this, around your own that you'd like to share that you think would be inspiring to our listener here today around this, around maybe moving from fear of visibility to leaning into visibility? Yeah. Thank you for this opening, Sasha. I see it all over you. Like you are oozing and dripping it. So it's 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 a beautiful, beautiful place to be. And I, I honor your path and your journey and your recognition of what you need in order to like come forward in in this way that you're coming forward now. Um, I don't know how familiar people may be, um, but there are some things in the Black community, like some norms and mores that you do not cross, right? So growing up for me, it was very, like, it was so conscious that it was unconscious. (laughs) It was like so in your face that it, it just is. And you accepted it fact. Like I talked about raggedy. You don't come out the house being raggedy. You do not do that. And then so you think about that metaphorically. You don't come out of your house raggedy. So everything had to be well prepared, perfect, the right program, the right speech. You have to look the part, like all of these pieces of pressure. And then I enter into corporate America where it's like, you got to be this way. Double whammy, like, okay, okay. I got to wear the, the blue blazer and put my hair in a bun and, you know, all these things. And like, well, where am I in all of this? Because this is not me. This is an aspect and it's a part and I can play it exceptionally well. 
which is why I progressed and was really successful in my corporate career. I didn't want it, but it's what I was good at because I was trained and conditioned for it. But on the inside, I was dying and suffocating. And I remember this woman, bless her heart, as we would say in the South, pulling me to the side. I don't know, I might've been like 20, early, early to mid twenties. And I was one of the youngest leaders, the only black leader, only black female. Like it was just a bunch of stuff. And she said, honey, you're going to have to stop wearing those yellow stars. It's distracting. And I remember going, well, maybe this is just a Southern thing. <laughs> I see women around the world and, you know, they're dressed. And she was very clear that no. This is how you have to show up if you want to be taken seriously. You can't be up there giving this like slam job of a wonderful presentation, but no one's listening to you because they're distracted by this yellow scarf you're wearing. And it was mind boggling to me. And I remember it was at that moment, like I felt a part of my soul just ache in a way that I, I didn't even imagine could happen. And I knew right then and there, oh, it's all about performing. So whenever I'm seen, I have to perform. I have to act the part, be the part, whatever they say, in order to, air quotes, make it and be successful and be accepted and feel like I belong, especially being the only one or one of a few in a room most of the time. Just soul sucking. And after leaving corporate, there's this identity thing like a real crisis, like, well, wait, who am I without all of that? Because I've built decades of a successful career. I can't come out here raggedy. Like, and you don't air your dirty laundry so you don't go ask for help to tell people, hey, I'm raggedy in here. I need help. So there I was suffocating, like participating in it for myself and realizing, no, this has to stop. I led a very compartmentalized life, my whole corporate life. Few, if any, knew that outside of work, I was going to a studio recording music. I was teaching Middle Eastern dance. Like I was doing all these things, writing my songs, like doing, doing all of it. But at work, it's like, nope, I'm Stacy, And this is what we're going to do today. Let's talk about the strategy. I didn't even care about a strategy, but I was there to do a thing that I thought I was supposed to do. And that's how I was supposed to be seen. Walking away from corporate, well, how am I supposed to be seen? How am I supposed to be visible now? If I'm not under some company's banner and I don't have the protocol, like the uniform, the language, I can't really come out here as me. I can't. It's too peopley out there. It's too judgy out there. It's too harsh out there. Women will sabotage me. I also didn't trust the feminine. So where am I going for support and help? It was a dismal experience until I gave myself permission to get what I need, which was to go so deep inward to tap into those places that I had locked away and go, there's no more performing. We're done. We get to just show up and we get to just be. And yes, in the circles I travel in, even to this day, usually I'm the only one or one of a few. It's the same thing, but I recognize and appreciate that my corporate experience taught me how to thrive in those spaces. I get to create my own safety in those spaces. I get to be very visible and I get to honor other people's experiences and trust that they will honor mine. And so that ability to give myself permission to go inward and really like clean out some stuff, die to some stuff, 
like those daggers of self-doubt and fear and comparison and imposter syndrome, like that stuff is heavy and it's real. (laughs) It is very real. But getting in there and clearing all of what I call the inner chaos out, Mm -hmm. I made room, just room for me, room for me to just be and buy into all the stuff I would coach on. Like let all you're doing flow from your being. Sounds good, but I wasn't doing it. And I certainly wasn't vulnerable enough to share with other people that I wasn't doing it. So this whole idea of being able to trust self, like no one can give that to you. You get to have like your breakdown, your breakthrough and your blessing. Like you get to have all of those phases. And in the work I did with myself, I had to usher myself through that. And so I I had to reach out. I got coaches, I got mentors. I got girlfriends, I got sister circles and recognize, oh, it's not just me. I'm really not the only one. Oh, okay. So we get to go through this together and we get to do all the work together because those wounds, a lot of them were feminine wounds, but the only way I was able to heal them was to be in the feminine. I get to be with other women and heal those wounds there. All of those other wounds, Yeah, going through the steps to heal them in a way that felt good for me so that when I'm ready to emerge, even if I don't feel like I'm ready, if I'm being called called forward, then that means I'm ready, whether I believe it or not. The calling wouldn't be there if I'm not ready. So when I'm hearing the call, being able to go, we got this. It's happening now because now is the time and I must be ready. I must be. Because if I'm not ready, I wouldn't hear it. I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't feel it. I wouldn't experience it because I just wouldn't be available to it. So the visibility piece for me, it's like, oh, what am I making myself available for? And what am I no longer available for? I'm no longer available for hiding. I'm no longer available for perfectionism to take over and stop me from being visible. That may be a roundabout way to say The visibility story for me was very ingrained at a cultural level, ethnic level, racial level, societal level, and then a corporate level. And it took like a lot of spiritual practices and medicine to unravel all of that, to come to a place of going, I get to be visible. I might still be uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable today. I posted some stuff that I would never in the past get out there and post, but I did. And I'm trusting that somebody out there needed it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten the message to deliver it. And I'm not standing in the way of someone else's blessing or healing, just like the people who have been in my life. I'm glad they were obedient to their call. How dare they stand in the way of my blessing and my healing by holding back? No, we get to come forward. We have what someone else needs right now, as is. It doesn't have to be in a pretty box and bow, or it can be. However it shows up is how it shows up and you get to deliver it. Mm-hmm. So much there. I have a follow-up question for you around moving through the fear or resistance around visibility. And I love how you really framed it with, if you're if you're hearing the call, if I'm hearing the call, it must be ready. So I'm going to make this specifically about business for a minute because I was at a business mastermind years ago, this many years ago, and they had a self male, white, 50, 
self-made billionaire and he had us all, he taught us about rant posts and it was like, and so, and then he told us, (laughs) everyone needs to leave the room and you're not allowed back in until you go do a rant video post. And it was so fascinating to see the mix of responses from different um, ages, genders, and races and ethnicities. And it was very obvious the fear, the terror, I would even say, in the women in the room. And I did it and I showed it and came back in. I was like, I, you know, I'm not missing the rest of this event, (laughs) you know. But I really, I've never really felt okay about it. I actually went and deleted it after the afterwards, Mm. but I just wonder what your thoughts are around outside versus inside pressure and, you know, what works for some may not work for all and creating more damage versus, you know, like, cause I know you and I are in leadership circles and there's a lot of power in getting out of our comfort zone as well. But I just wonder what your thoughts are around healthy, you know, the healthy version of it and then the detrimental push. Yeah. Oh, there's so much in that. Um, So I hear you. I, I think where I am in life right now is just in this place of discerning pressure, whether it's external or internal, is this pressure coming up like to keep me in a particular box and to keep me from growth? Or is this pressure coming up to stretch me and help me expand? And in the discerning work is where I think I learned about the self-trust part and going, you know what, if this doesn't really feel aligned with who I am at my core, if it doesn't really feel aligned with the message I want to exist out there in perpetuity, because once it's out there, it's out there, right? If it's not a message I want echoed and reverberating throughout time and throughout space and across the globe, then I get to not have that pressure. I get to take a stand for self and going, no, no, that's not something that we're going to do. Or you know what? Yes, absolutely. That's something I'm going to do. I also find that the internal pressure, especially for women, especially for women of color and especially for black women can be just debilitating because there's general acceptance of the outside pressure. It exists systems that are designed to oppress all kinds of people, right? So that's a real thing. It's there. It exists. We've known about it. It's there. Um, Systems, practices, policies, just ways of being, right? That's there. Some of it we're in control of. Most of it we are not individually in control of. But it's that internal piece. Like, oh, that is where we have full control. Full control to change that story, that narrative. And so for feeling that internal pressure, that's where I, for me, I rest in the discernment and going, okay, where, where's the pressure coming from? Is it like, I'm scared because it's new and different and it's too peopley and I'm I'm scared they're going to criticize me, like all those things, which could be true, right? Or is it that intuitive hit, like, uh -uh -uh, don't go in that direction. There's a different path to take, right? So being 
being in a place where I am now, which is so much more embodied than I've ever been in my life, definitely even more than a couple of years, I now know in my body, physically in my body, how to discern that and going, oh, yeah, she says no to that. She says yes to that. And I get to honor that. I may not even understand it. I'm the first to tell you, there's a bunch of stuff my body is talking that I do not understand. (laughs) But she's very clear. She's very clear. And that gets me into that space, even in my business to go, "Mm, yeah, like me being more visible in my business. Ah, like the thought of it is like, no, no, because I don't have it all together and this and that and the other and all the stuff that could happen if you don't have it together. I'm like, you know what? When I air quotes had it all together in corporate, all that stuff was still happening. It was still happening. People are still going to talk about you. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Like all that stuff is still going to go on. You've already not only made it through that, but you thrive through it and you flourished. And if you did it for someone else's mission, ABC company's mission, oh, you sure can take a stand for your own mission. You can, you can do this for yourself and for, for your legacy that you want to leave behind in this lifetime. So there's that discernment piece for the internal pressure to know, is this just habitual pressure that comes up because I haven't really dealt with the stuff, which means I get to go deal with the stuff? Or is this not really internal pressure, but the stuff is coming up as it may, but it's there for my good. It's there to direct me and guide me in a different way. I don't know if that answered your question or not. It does. Absolutely. I love it. And speaking of visibility, there's wherever you're listening to this, look in the notes section and you can connect with Stacey. Um, Follow her on Instagram and check out her beautiful website and get, there's a free guide to free yourself from inner chaos. So definitely check those out. So I'm curious, Stacey, what is sacred to you right now and next? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's such a big question, Sasha, (laughs) Um, because there's so much. Um, What I'm really holding sacred right now uh, How do I want to phrase this? What I'm really holding sacred, one of the things I'm really holding sacred right now is getting out of my way to be able to help the way shower women. Like that is a daily spiritual practice for me. Like die to ego, die to selfish things that would keep me from igniting other women's fire and passion and purpose. Um, I have to hold that sacred because it's so easy for someone like me who's very heady to, oh, I don't have time for that today. I'm too busy. Oh my gosh, I'm sleepy. I'm going to hit the snooze. Like it's so easy for me to be in my head and go, ugh, another time. I have such a sense of urgency of helping to transform this whole planet that there's no time to waste. Like what am I waiting for? I cannot wait. I cannot. And so whether I feel like it or not, I have to hold my spiritual practices very, very sacred because it's really not just for me. It's it's so much bigger than than my own deliverance or healing or releasing. Like it's so much bigger than that. And when I got to the place of accepting that, that was like the, ooh, oh, okay, (laughs) okay. 
So if I'm a part of something so much bigger, like I can't fall down on the job. I can't do that. I can't. And why would I want to? Why would I want to? So I, I get to hold that work very sacred. I also hold, um, and I know it sounds trite, uh, but it's it's love, like love. Doing everything in the highest calling and devotion to love. That wasn't always the case for me. Um, in personal relationships, sure. But in business, no, there's no place for love in a business. You have to make a profit. Well, no, <laughs> no, that's not from a place of love. Making the choices I make. Do I want this, you know, earth-friendly packaging of my makeup or my food? Or do I want the other food? Like, it's from a place of love. Like, small choices to big choices. Honoring and holding sacred. This higher calling and devotion to love. Absolute game changer for me. And it makes decision-making so much easier, especially for me as a very heady person. I don't really have to deliberate about decisions. Like, is this from a place of love? Is this going to increase love? Will this amplify love? Will this serve my mission? Yes or no? It's really simple. I'm so inspired. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for asking. I love that question. Yeah. Devotional. That's that's my whole thing is devotion. I just... it. Sometimes it takes everything in me not to just like bow down, like on the ground at inopportune mm-hmm. moments, you know, oh, <laughs> just yeah. like, my kids already are like, mom, <laughs> you're such a hippie priestess. Stop hugging trees in front of my friends, you know, like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah. I fully feel that even like this term. Like the labels, I have been in such rejection of them. Oh, yeah. No, 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 you can't. Like, well, Mm. listen, this is what it is. I am a priestess. That's just what it is. I always was. I will be. Why am I not like just embracing that, right? So, and yeah, I'm sure my friends are like, she's always been the weird kid. Like, I'm still the weird kid. And I embrace it. Like, listen. That's I right. fully embrace it. Fully embrace it. I love that you brought in the the urgency, you know, like when really clicking into the that. It's really an invitation, right? To get how much we matter and to it's very motivating. I feel your power, your motivation, your trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just fills me with so much hope knowing that, you know. We got you. We got you on the job. <laughs> oh, thank you, doing your thing. Yeah. It's so yeah. Cool. Yeah. It is very urgent. I mean, and not just because chronologically I'm getting older. We all are in age every year. Not just that. It's, it's like, no, it's time. Like it's time right now. And we, we cannot afford to waste any more time. And we cannot afford to leave any woman behind. Like we, we just can't. We can't. And so like, yeah, let's go. Let's let's go do it now. And and let's do it together now. Like now. That's what I'm holding sacred too, is now. Being in the ever-present now. Now is when we get to transform. Now is when we get to make different choices. Now is when we get to shine. Now is when we get to light people's fire. Now, now, now. Like my time is now. Your time is now. The time is now. So let's let's step in. Let's step into the now. And with that mic drop moment, this is a perfect place to <laughs> lead our 
complete this conversation. Thank you so much for being here, Stacy. Thank you so much, Sasha. I love this conversation. So much love to you. Thank you.